Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last time on Roll Radio. Things did not get less creepy as the party continued exploring the second floor of the spooky mansion. Soon they came upon a moaning apparition that was the ghost of the general's jilted wife whose poor coping skills were now our party's problem. Our heroes made quick work of the spectral wench, but not without great sacrifice. Forty years of life were scared out of our beloved gnome. Not to mention her patience and her love of dolls. Guessing that the furthest door away from them was where the real bad stuff was, they decided to investigate a different door first. Behind it they found an eerie kitchen. With a treasure chest, no less. But something didn't feel right. And our perturbed gnome did not waste any time and shot a firebolt at the kitchen cabinets. Cabinets that then came to life. Poltergeist attack. Moners got dealt with. Gnomes got enveloped. Spectral winches dissipated. Egg beaters were dodged in slow motion. After all the cups and saucers were vanquished, the party took their mysterious treasure and headed to the last door. As the door opened, a foul rotting stench overcame them, followed by the source of said foul stench. Ghouls! Hungry ghouls! Quickly our heroes were overcome. Elric was paralyzed, then Esmir was paralyzed, and then a stinky gas joined in, and things got real. But our heroes had endured worse foes and even worse smells. And in the end, all that was left of the foul creatures was a pile of bones and sinew and guts and the sweet smell of victory. Will Esmir be able to get her 40 years back? Is trying to bite a ghost really a bridge too far? Do ghosts have to take poops? And does a DM really need to sound so gleeful when things are going bad for the players? I mean, come on. But who knows? Let's find out in this episode of Scared to the Sword Coast. So you guys have just defeated three ghouls and a ghast that were uh, locked in the room here at the end of the hall. And you take a look inside the room and you see what looks to be the servants' quarters, right? There are about half a, uh, about half a dozen rotting beds inside this disheveled room, along with uh, two adjoining washrooms. And so you take a look around and you find several old skeletons. Oh, geez. And whoever they were, uh, they perished long, long ago. And so other than that, you don't find any like clues or secrets or treasures. And uh, you definitely don't find anything of value in here. 
Okay. And while you guys are looking around, uh, you can hear that the storm is still raging outside. And you also realize while you're looking around that you're, you guys are getting uh, quite tired because, you know, you guys haven't taken a long rest since you left Succumber. Yeah. Yeah, well, we should definitely take a long rest um, because I only have a few first-level spell slots left. Yeah, and Esmir and Elric are pretty beat up from fighting the ghouls. Yeah. Esmir only has eight hit points left. Oh, jeez. And you've explored this entire mansion, uh, except for that northern door that was magically sealed. Where the boss is. (laughs) Right. So, what do you guys want to do? Hey, guys. Yeah? Everybody looks a little (laughs) peely-wally. And I'm not really up for sleeping overnight in this junk hole, but I guess we have to. What if we go into this bedroom here, barricade the door, smoke a whole bunch of twinkling pipe weed so we can sleep, or at least that's what I plan on doing, and take a long rest? Yeah. Okay. Which I don't room? think I need any twinkling pipe weed, but... Well, um, I'm going to have some. Okay. Give me, give me, you're going to give me some. Okay. Huh? Just so I can sleep, because it's just... The room that the ghouls were in, or the room with the big bed? What if we went into this room? That's what I'm thinking. We're not going into the girt little kids' room, because that's disgusting. Okay. The ghouls' room? Or the girls' room? Not the girls' room. room. This room, the big bedroom, the master bedroom. Yeah. I'm already there. Okay, that's what I thought. You can have the the bed, old man. And then I'm going to put AC... Outside the door. Sorry, buddy, AC. I know I know this is cruel, but I know you're strong and brave. Can you just stand out here and send me a message telepathically if some, something bad happens? Well, he's uh, familiar, so it's his job, you know. He has a particular set of skills. Yeah, but I love him. <laughs> <laughs> we love him, too. <laughs> okay, so you guys head back into the... The bedroom where Esmir stole those red sheets. Oh, yeah. And you uh, barricade the door and prepare to take a long rest. So why don't you guys not get... That, not that we that we have to need to be worried about doors when the ghosts can come through them. I hate this place. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> At least there's no wells. <laughs> All right. So are you guys good with the watch order that's in the uh, party sheet uh, order tab? Oh, hmm. I see. I got it. Elric, Esmir, Cullen, then Jake. Yeah, that's fine. I don't care. Everyone else good with that? Sure. Yeah. Um, Esmir's going to check under the bed real quick. I just got to check under here, guys. Excuse me. <laughs> Do I see anything under the bed? Uh, Roll a perception check. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it, guys. Perception. Oh, boy. I rolled a stupid nine. Huh? You don't see anything. Yeah. I'll look for you. Jake, look under the bed. I will look for you. What are you what are you looking for? Dust balls? Yeah, something terrible. A Kurgan. Oh, Jake. (laughs) Ten. You suck. Let me see what Dust I balls. can do. I just, I just picture you guys all crouched down, looking under the bed. You can't even look under a goddamn bed in a spooky house. Well, that's how they work in a spooky house. You never can tell. Oh, oh 11. An 11. A 9, a 10, 11. Elric, get a 12. Right. Elric, Perception. Roll. Elric. 
None of you see anything under the bed. It's all clear. No monsters under the bed. Okay. You see, there's nothing here, Esmir. Come on, let's get some rest. Uh, I'm gonna snuggle up real close next to Jake. Hey! Can can we spoon a little bit, Jake? Because I'm scared. Hey! <laughs> Come on. I'm surprised that you're not kicking me out. <laughs> kicking all of us out. You get the I'm sweet. I'm going to spoon with Jake. <laughs> or like a teaspoon. <laughs> a teaspoon, yeah. Okay, so uh, Elric, you take first watch, and the rest of you settle in for a long rest. And the mansion is eerily quiet as you listen to the sound of thunder outside. And as you guys start to get comfy, Uh (laughs) the silence (laughs) is broken by something moving within the walls. Of course. And then uh, you hear the Kurgan begin to sing a lullaby. Oh, God. Does it make me sleepy? Well, not really. And you all quickly realize that um, the words that she's singing in this lullaby are in a language that none of you recognize. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know lots of languages. Are you sure, DM? It's, is it the ancient Albonian language? Mm-hmm. We are trying to sleep here, doll. She doesn't answer you. She just keeps singing this strange lullaby. I take my pillow, or what is my makeshift pillow of a cloak, and I wrap it over my ears. Shut that stupid thing up! (laughs) Well, no matter what you guys do or say, you can't get her to stop singing, right? And she sings throughout the entire night. Oh, man. See, I knew we wouldn't be able to sleep in here. Well, you guys do manage to get some sleep, but it's a like a restless sleep, right? Because this lullaby just won't stop. So you spend most of the uh, your rest tossing and turning and kind of, you know, going in and out of sleep. And eventually, Jake, it's your watch. And as you're sitting there in kind of a, you know, sleepy daze, the lullaby suddenly comes to an end. And then you hear her whisper. I think it's time. And then you hear her move quickly away through the walls. And then I go to wake everybody up. We're done here. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And so you guys all, you know, slowly get up from your rest. And because of the singing and the stress, right, of knowing that the doll was always close by, uh, you guys are still a little bit tired and foggy. And you all have that stupid lullaby stuck in your heads, right? It's like on repeat. It's just playing over and over in your heads like she's still singing it. And because of all this, you guys don't feel like you got the full benefits of a long rest. (sighs) So... Do we get anything back? Well, you get everything back except for a couple things. So, Esmir and Jake, because of all this, you're, you know, you're feeling it hard to, uh, to focus your arcane energy, right? So you each lose two first-level spell slots. Oh man! What? 
And Elric, you also lose a spell slot and you lose your action surge because you're still very tired and just, you know, feeling out of it. Okay. And uh, Cullen, uh, you also lose your action surge and one use of a battle maneuver. So instead of four uses, you only have three. Yeah, I basically, if I'm back where I was, only I guess I got my health back. Yep. All right, so go ahead and prepare your spells for the day and, you know, do any morning rituals that you want to do. Yeah. I'm going to roll my portents now, and then I'm going to do my gray bag of tricks after that. Okay. And 10, right in the middle. That's annoying. And come on, eight. That's weird. All right, so gray bag of tricks. I'm going to roll, guys. Weezy. Oh, there's still one we don't know what it is. Make some room, guys, in case it's something big. Everybody scoot. <laughs> one. Hey. Is it Weezy? Aww. Tried and true. I just I was left. just here. Weezy, it's like you never left. <laughs> give me a give me a huggy wuggy. I know you want to stay in the spooky house because you love it here so much. It would have been nice to get like. I don't know, a lion. <laughs> yes, the panther or whatever. Tiger. Can't remember exactly. I got, my, I got my panther, and then there's one we don't know what it is. Yeah, we still haven't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you haven't rolled a six yet. I haven't rolled a six yet. Be an elephant, and then we all get crushed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, you ready to be spooked out some more stupid stuff? I'm ready. Are you? No. Well, we have one <laughs> room left to look at. If I'm not mistaken. Well, let's check that northern door. Hey, time to move out. So you guys head up the northern hall and come up to the door that was magically sealed. And you examine it, and sure enough, it's now unlocked. Mm, uh, all right. Okay. Can we do like a Scooby-Doo where we all peek in the door at different levels? Sure, why not? I'll look over <laughs> Jake's shoulder while he kneels down. Maybe I'll we should the send in, one and then maybe we should send in the weasel like Scoob, <laughs> and then if it gets spooked, it will turn around and do the. <laughs> Weezy, can you say rut row? <laughs> All right, so uh, you look in and see that beyond the door there is a small office. Inside sits a large, dusty writing desk, and sitting behind the desk is a skeleton. The skeleton is holding a quill, and it's busy writing in a translucent, ethereal ledger book. Hmm. And as you peek in, the skeleton looks up at you with its empty eye sockets, and then its jaw begins moving, and a ghostly high-pitched voice says, Ah, you're here. He's been expecting you. Please go on in, Advisor Gertrude. And then a chill runs up and down your spines as you all feel something uh, dark and evil trespass through your bodies. And suddenly, the ghostly aspect of a woman with a raven-feathered stole walks right through you and into the room. God, he be It's a vision of the past. Be silent. <laughs> and you watch as she gives the skeleton a smile and then 
walks right through the closed door at the other end of the room. And after she passes through, the skeleton goes back to writing in the ghostly ledger. I step into the room. Excuse me, you skeletal scrivener. (laughs) Do I need to make an appointment? It doesn't acknowledge you. It just keeps writing in the book. Oh my goodness, so much to do, so many requests. All right, um, can I see if there's anything written in the book? Like, if he's actually writing words, are they visible? Okay, you walk up to uh, take a look, and you uh, you can't make anything out, right? It's just too translucent. It just looks like scribbles. Okay. Is there anything else in this room, like scrolls or books? Uh, you know, uh, strangely enough, there are not. Damn it. <laughs> okay. I put out my mace and I smash it on the skull. (laughs) Your mace hits the skeleton and it just falls apart and crumbles to the ground. Nice. And then you hear, dang it, just one more page and I would have been finished. (laughs) Esmir's going to stomp through the room and go to the door where Gertrude was and try to open the door. Okay. Sickest place. And as the door creaks open... Uh, You peek in and see a long, thin room. And along the entire length of the northern wall sits a long bench. And on the southern wall, there is a large oak double door. And on this set of doors, you can see an ornate carving of a tree with leaves at the ends of all, all the branches. And it looks like there are names carved into each leaf. It's clearly a waiting room. Yes, and as you enter this waiting room, uh, you can now see that carved within each of those leaves is a name and a date. And on the topmost leaf, you see the name General Oscar Montharthas. Oh, then, out of the corner of your eyes, you all suddenly see someone sitting on the bench. And you turn to look and see the apparition of a cute little girl no more than five or six years old. And she's sitting on the bench wearing a frilly white dress and she's waiting there patiently. What's the daughter's name? Sally. 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 And then, appearing out of thin air, is the ghostly visage of Gertrude. She smiles at the little girl and offers her a cute doll dressed in a white frilly dress. And the girl smiles with joy as Gertrude's visage evaporates. Yeah, we're watching Sally get the Kurgan from Gertrude. Then you all watch as the child's happy smiley face suddenly turns into one of pain and anguish as blood-soaked stab wounds begin to appear all over her silky white dress. I knew that that's what Kurgan did. Not cool. And the little girl goes limp and tumbles to the floor, and then she disappears. And when that happens, you suddenly notice standing there your Kurgan. Oh man, that's... And she's now wearing that white doll dress that was on the bed earlier. And in her little clawed hands, she holds a bloody knife. And while you're watching this, you suddenly realize that the doll looks sad. It looks like she's crying. And she turns to you and says, I didn't want to do it. Gertrude made me do it. And and, and now that I see this again, I wish I was never created. 
She loved me so much, and I loved her so much. I just wanted to be loved like that again, and and I thought I would I would be when I met you, Esmir. But then we came here, and our power took over me, just like back then. Oh, Kurgan, I'm so sorry. That Gertrude Lay is a bad guy. You're not a bad guy. You're just a doll. You're a nice dolly. And she drops the knife and holds out her little arms. Please make it stop, Esmir. Take me away from here so we can be together again. I want to be back to the way it was with TDs and everything. Okay, Kurgan. I don't trust her. Don't do it, Esmeralda. Kurgan, look at me. Look at me in the eyes. Are you just joshing? Or are you for real? No, I'm for real. Help me, Esmir. And she begins walking towards you with open arms. Take me away from here. Oh, oh what a trap. toying with my good nature. It is, oh. It's not a trap. She's for real. Okay, I'm going to grab her. You guys, if she kills me, then you guys got to take care of things here, guys. Okay? We will avenge you. Okay, come on, Kurgan. Come on. Give me a hug. She smiles and leaps into your arms and then slashes your throat with her claws. <laughs> I told you it was a trap! No one ever listens to poor Cullen. Asmir, you take seven points of slashing damage and the rest of you watch as a horrifying amount of blood just begins gushing out of Esmir's throat. Uh, Roll initiative. All right, here we go. Okay. Any amount of blood gushing from your neck would be horrifying, objectively. <laughs> eight. I rolled an eight for initiative. I'm telling you, man, I knew you, I was such a freaking trap. There's no reason to believe that Gertrude still wasn't in control. You know, Esmir doesn't let bad guys, t- you know, change who she is as a person, so. I, but, well, however. I'm gonna burn it. However. After this, Esmir's going to be buying and burning to death many, many dolls. <laughs> All right, Jake, you are first, and you just witnessed this Trixie Kurgan attack Esmir. And, you know, with your medical knowledge, you can immediately tell that her wound is bad, right? And that it will probably uh, just continue to get worse. So what do you do? Okay. So the first thing I'm going to do, I, I have to kind of get my wits about me because... I don't have like um, stop bleeding spell uh, because what I would like to do is try to stop the bleeding if I can, but I want to get her away from this thing first. So the first thing I'm going to do is this, um, and I guess that this is a shot in the dark because I don't know if I can do this or not. What I want to do is I want to cast suggestion onto the Kurgan. Okay, and what's your suggestion going to be? I'm going to scream at it, and I'll tell it to go stand in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and I'm not going to have you roll the saving throw because you quickly realize that it's not working on the doll, right? Because creatures that can't be charmed are immune to suggestion, and the doll is immune to being charmed. She is? Okay, that was what I... That's what I had to find out, and that's why I said this is a shot in the dark because I didn't know if she was immune or not. The only way to find out is by trying it. So um, then that sucks because that was a level two slot. Um, oh, sorry, Jakey, but you know only Gertrude can tell me what to do. 
Oh, yeah? We'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're going to do any movement? That is where I'm going to... I'm going to move uh, back here. All right, so Jake moves further into the waiting room, and now it's the doll's turn. Shit. And it is going to continue slashing her little claws at Esmir. I'm sorry, Esmir. I moved the wrong way. And she swipes at Esmir. Okay, hold on a second. Yeah? I'm going to give her my eight portent. Okay. <laughs> so your armor class without mage armor is 13, so she still hits. Damn it. Why, thank you, Esmir. That was very kind of you. And her claws slash you for 10 points of damage. Mm, I got to get over there. Cullen, your instincts were right to not trust the doll. And now Esmir is gravely wounded as blood just continues to gush out of her neck. What do you do? Well, I'm going to run up to the doll and do what Elric did once upon a time and just by sheer strength or athletics grab her and pull her away and grab the doll. All right, roll your athletics and it will roll dexterity to try and avoid your clutches. Um, Let's see, athletics. 18. And she rolled a six. So yes. you easily grab the doll and she's squirming in your hands. Let me go, Cullen. And as you're holding it, you immediately notice that um, all the cuts and slashes that you guys inflicted in your uh, fight with her earlier yeah. have been uh, stitched and patched up. Okay. Huh. Hmm. Well, that's freaking weird. Well, I got a tiger by the tail. What do I do? I can't let it go. No. But I can't hold on to it either. Whack it with an axe. (laughs) No, don't hold on to it. Just throw it down and I'll smack it with a glaive. Yeah, smack it with an axe. All right, well then I throw the Kurgan against the wall on the opposite side of the room, opposite Jake. All right, Uh, you whip the doll across the room and it slams against the wall. Uh, Roll a d6 plus your strength modifier. Um, so I need to target that thing and then roll the damage. Ah, oh, fuck. I only rolled a one plus four, five. Five points of bludgeoning damage. And resisted part of it, so it only took two. Bludgeoning damage is something she's... Uh, it's not because it's bludgeoning damage, it's because it's non-magical damage. Uh, yeah, it's a magical construct created by a witch. All right, did so... Did you say witch or bitch? <laughs> A little of both. No, actually, Esmir's like, witch. <laughs> Can we see her larynx? What's going on? I'm wiping blood out of my eyes with every squirt. <laughs> uh, you have movement left. Do you want to move anymore? Okay, so um, how many? I moved 10 feet to get to where I am. So I got another 20 feet left. Mm-hmm. 5, 5, 10, 15, 20. Okay, I'm gonna, I guess I'll move in front of Jake. Okay. Sorry about that, Jake. It is fine. <laughs> I know I, you were trying to hide. No, I have to. <laughs> no, I actually have to run back the other way anyway. <laughs> to heal, to heal Esmia. Get in there! <laughs> All right, Elric. All right. Uh, Cullen has just tossed that evil doll across the room, while next to you is a bleeding Esmir. What do you do? 
I'm going to shoot because she's far enough away from me and it's definitely a magical attack. I'm going to shoot a chromatic orb at her. Okay. Chromius Orbison. Oh, <laughs> Natural 20. Natural 20. That means more damage. All right. Uh, acid. Cold. Come on. Here we go. Fire. Whoa. What? 36 God points. Damn. Oh my god, 72! What? So 36. 36. Damage. 36, yeah, but then it says damage. Something else. But look yeah. it, but then it says damage 72 to doll. Ooh, it's vulnerable to fire. What? Yes, it's vulnerable to fire, so the damage is doubled. That's insane. And you guys watch as it just catches fire and burns. Ah! Awesome! He looks like a toasted marshmallow. Take that foul dolly, you fiend. Foul <laughs> <laughs> dolly. Okay, that's all I can do. Unless I want to move, but I don't want to move. I'm just going to stand right there for now. All right, that was a serious hit. That was a hit. All right, now we go to uh, Esmir. So, uh, the Kurgan got you in a vulnerable spot, and you are losing blood at, a, at an alarming rate. So, uh, roll a constitution saving throw. 15. Oh, nice. 16. Okay, nice. You managed to keep pressure on the wound so you don't take any more damage, but you are still bleeding. Okay. And on the other side of the room, you see your Kurgan burning from Elric's chromatic orb. What are you going to do? Okay, I hear you like fire, Kurgan. I hear you like fire, Kurgan. Bloody froth. On her lips as she hurls insults at the dolly. I still got it. <laughs> I can I can choke on my own blood and shoot a fireball. Oh I'm man! All right. How about twenty-six up your doll ass? Seven points. Ooh, Seven points. Fourteen. Fourteen. Right. Right. Double. She's vulnerable. <laughs> Fire, that's not fair. You're gonna burn to death, bitch. <laughs> that's apparent. <laughs> I mean... FYI. This is crazy. 86 points in two hits with fire. Yeah, the doll is definitely uh, reeling from the fire damage. Her white frilly dress is now just black and crispy. Good. <laughs> All right, so you got Wheezy for your bonus, and then it's Acey's turn. And um, they are both uh, looking at you in horror, right? It's like, oh man, that's a lot of blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can't really do anything, and yeah, I would gotta keep them close to me. Guys, you gotta help me. Make sure I don't die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jake, the smell of burnt doll is filling the room while Esmir continues to bleed out. What are you going to do? Okay. I am going to beeline over to Esmir, and I'm going to go here, and I'm going to squat down, and I'm going to rip a piece of the um, tail end of my cloak off. And I'm going to try to wrap it around her neck, or I'm going to try to stop the bleeding. All right. Roll a medicine check. Okay. Jake, I'm gonna have to wear turtlenecks for a while, buddy. <laughs> Let me medicine you. Oh. oh, son of a bitch. A 10. Oh. Uh, you try to stop the bleeding, but it just keeps gushing out. You're like, 
Where's where's all this blood coming from? She's just a little gnome. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, wait. Um, ah, I'm gonna use one of my inspiration points oh. and roll that again. Don't let me die, Jake. Don't. Let Don't me you die. worry about it, Esmir. We're gonna we're gonna try this again. Oh, 14 is exactly what you needed to stop. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, my God. Nothing's worse than wasting an inspiration. Nothing, nothing's worse than watching your one of your best friends bleed out. Yeah, so watching me die wasn't in, it watching me bleeding to death didn't inspire you enough to put the band-aid on. <laughs> it just was enough. <laughs> All right, so you managed to uh, wrap your cloak scrap just just tight enough to stop the bleeding. Cool. Hold this here. Hold it right here on your throat. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, the doll, who's now smoldering, uh, runs across the room, picks up the knife she dropped, and lunges at Cullen's leg. <laughs> and rolls a natural 20. Oh, oh man. So 4d6 plus 4. Oh. Doing 24 slashing damage. Oh, man. What? That's bad. Fudge. That's a bad hit. Ouch. Ouch, indeed. Yeah, I only have tw uh, 20 points left. It was more than half of my hit points. Oh. Don't worry. I'm coming. Hey, but the point is not to need you. Exactly. Not to get your ass kicked by a doll. Jeez. She's brutal. And then... Uh, she runs under the bench and says, You guys don't play nice, and you burn my new dress. Just you, just you wait till I tell Gertrude. And then you get down, you look under the bench, and she's gone. Oh, damn it, she's escaped again. Are you serious? You're not a doll, you're a scaredy cat. Get your stupid doll ass back here so we can kill you proper. Yeah. Come on. And you don't get a response. All is quiet. We, she was like, had she was hanging on by a thread, literally. Yeah. Okay. So people need healing, is what needs to happen. <sighs> yeah, I need right. to do something here. Let me look at what I got. I've got some healing potions if you want. I got a potion of greater healing. I have cure wounds, so just sit tight. Okay, I'm sitting tight, bro. Yeah, but does that a con trip? It, no, it's not. Use spell slots. I have my first level spell slots, or second or third, depending on how much you want. I'd like 24. Well, with the first level, I could give you one D8 plus four. Oh, not bad, 10. That'll do. I'll take a potion of greater healing and I'll get closer. I have one left. That damn doll. Oh, sweet, 12. I'm now only down by two, so I'm good. But now I have no more portions of greater healing. Uh, Esmia, how much are you down? Do you want to save your spell slot and I could take a potion of greater healing? Okie doke. So we can kill Gertrude when we see her? Fourteen, nice. Fourteen. I'm good though, right, Mark? I'm back to... Uh, you now only have a wound of three, so you're back in the green. For now. I'll say it for you, DM. <laughs> There's a nice hallway up ahead with a really beautiful door with a tree on it, and then it's nasty outside. 
What do you want to do? <laughs> you know, I swig the potion and I say, fuck it. I'm out of here. And I go towards the double doors. We're going to finish this once and for all. And I throw open the door. What, what kind of evil mischief lurks on this side of the door? And can I move? As you push the door open. Oh, I said it first. I said it first. As you push the doors, they suddenly fling open as if blown open by a powerful gust of wind. And inside, you all see a cyclone of debris spinning around the room as a powerful gale force wind blows around like a like a mini tornado. And suddenly, uh, you're all caught up in this wind and it begins to suck you into the room. Wow. Everyone, roll a strength saving throw. Oh no. Here we go. That's bad. Great. Okay, strength save, here we go. I got a 14. Oh, I have a bad feeling about this guy. I got got a 24. I got a 25. 25. Because I rolled a 19 plus six. I got a six. (laughs) Oh no. Oh boy. It's not my day, guys. <laughs> I should have quit when I decided to quit. This is bullcrap. Esmir and Jake, you two try to hold on, but this force is too powerful, and it pulls you into the room. And Elric and Cullen, you two watch as Esmir and Jake get sucked into the room, and after they cross the threshold, the door slams shut. Son of a bitch. As I'm flying past him, I'm like, tell Kelson I love him. <laughs> <laughs> and Esmir and Jake, uh, you two are sucked into this room, and you are now caught up in this in this uh, powerful cyclone. You know, debris is swirling all around you. And through this debris, uh, you see piles of corpses all around the room. Uh, oh, great. Is this your trophy room, bitch? Are there any books? <laughs> piles, I, I just said piles of corpses all around. And they all have a book in their hands. Ooh. <laughs> all right, outside the room, uh, Elric and Cullen, uh, your friends are on the other side of this door. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do? Well, I'm gonna give it a quick push and see if I can't use my strength to break the door. Okay, so you uh, push against the door with all your strength and you are unable to open it. And you realize that the wind uh, pushing it from the other side is just too powerful. All right, Elric, what do you do? I'm going to try to hit it with my glaive. So what do I do? Do I target it or do I just swing or what? Uh, just, uh, Just roll a two hit with your glaive. Okay. Oh, a nine. A nine misses. You're still... Uh, regaining your balance from almost being sucked in. Okay. But you have a second Um, attack. I'm going to swing again, but this time I'm going to use my clockwork emulet. Oh, groovy. Clockworkius emuleto. All right, so with the help of your amulet, you hit the door and do max damage with your new glaive, 13 points. You put a big crack in the door. Uh, Now, do you want to take a swing with your bonus butt? Oh yeah, definitely. The uh, glaive bonus action. Oh, I miss. Ah, oh, you miss. Man, this door is one tough opponent. I know. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, back inside. Uh, Esmir and Jake, you two are stuck in this cyclone of wind and debris. Uh, Esmir, you're already like a couple feet off the ground, and Jake, you're finding it hard to just stand. And uh, as you guys are trying to find a way to uh, regain control of yourselves, you realize that this room is filled with that glowing green necrotic energy you've seen out in the halls. It swirls around you and tendrils of it flow into the walls of this room. And then you notice it. On the ceiling above you is a man, shriveled and used. His body and limbs are like semi-molded into a black muck that covers the entire ceiling of this room. And slimy black vines creep through his flesh, pinning him to the ceiling, as the ends of these vines uh, expand into drooling suckers that seem to be feeding on him. That's gross. Or feeding him. And you also see the source of the necrotic energy that's been flowing through this mansion. It's emanating from a large green gem that's embedded into that man's chest up in the ceiling. Hmm. You then notice that one of the green tendrils flows down to a chair behind a desk, and slumped in the chair is a lifeless body. It's the body of a woman wearing a stole of raven feathers. Oh no. Suddenly, the lifeless body begins to twitch and move, and you hear a haunting cackle. (laughs) Yeah, that's not creepy at all, no. All right, we cut back outside to Elric and Cullen, who are trying to break down the door. Cullen, what do you do? Well, you know, can I um, use my axe? to attack the door since it's got an armor class. Sure. So I'm going to use it as a, let's see, offhand, primary hand, two-handed. I'll use it twice, two-handed. Okay. 18. 18 hits. Eight, nine points of damage. Okay. And another, my second attack, 20, unnatural. 12 points of damage. Nice. Chop, chop. All right, Elric, Cullen has taken some some big chunks out of this door. Looks like it's starting to give. What do you do? All right. I'm going to continue hacking at it. Glaive of sharpness, 15. All right, your glaive smashes against the door, and with your max damage, the door breaks open. All right, cool. As that happens, uh, it's like you opened uh, an airplane's door at 30,000 feet, right? And suddenly the, the cyclone inside the room suddenly just gets sucked out of the door. The sudden force rips the door off its hinges and you two are suddenly put off balance, right? As this powerful wind, along with all the debris and chunks of the door fly out into the waiting room. And then it stops. The wind dies down, and as the dust settles, you look into the room and see Esmir and Jake getting up off the floor. Around the room, you see the piles of corpses and that green energy emanating from the chest of a man stuck in the ceiling. Then you see something move behind the desk. You look over and see someone stand up. It's a woman wearing a black feathered stole. A wide, evil grin comes over her face 
that suddenly begins to change. Her features become long and haggard. Her skin turns to a midnight blue. Her fingers stretch out into long claws, and her pupils begin to glow the red of the nine hells. And she lets out a haunting cackle. And then Esmir says, you're a lot uglier than I expected you to be. <laughs> and she turns to you, Esmir, and she's about to say something to you when a, like a startled look comes over her face. And she's, she's now looking over you, and her eyes are locked onto Elric. Oh, what's this? You, my boy, are the spitting image of... Wait... Are you from Albion? I... I am from Albion, born and bred. Who are you? (laughs) Oh, boy. So, they finally caught up with me. It only took you several centuries. Late better than never. Well, this is quite an unexpected but delicious surprise. Now I can add to my collection. And you notice that as she says that, she gently pats a small leather sack tied to her belt. Prepare to spend eternity in hell, Albonian. But take comfort. You'll have family to keep you company. And she pats the leather sack again. Roll initiative. Okay. Initiative. (sighs) Spooky lady. All right. I got a seven. I rolled a 19 plus one. That's a 20. 12 for me. I rolled a natural 20. 22. All right, Cullen. (sighs) Finally found what's behind the door, and it's Gertrude. And she looks evil and dangerous. What are you going to do? All right. So I um, step into the room, and I say, You foul fiend! You'll burn yourself! I've been saving this for a special occasion. And I pop the cork off of my breath of fire and I swallow it down. Oh, nice. (laughs) So I can use a bonus action to exhale fire at a a target within 30 feet of me. The target must take, make a DC 13 dexterity saving throw. Okay. Uh, Taking 4d6 fire damage on a failed save. Or half as much damage on a successful one. And she makes the saving throw. Aww. She saves it. Uh, oh, well. But she'll still take half damage, so go ahead and roll the damage. And she partially resisted it. Okay. Oh, shit. She's not fire vulnerable. Fuck. Yeah. Where I come from, it's full of fire. You come from hell. <laughs> That's right, young Albonian. And you'll be visiting soon enough, my boy. (laughs) Elric, Cullen just ran into the room and blasted Gertrude with fire. But it only seemed to amuse her. What are you going to do? I'm going to run 5, 10, 15, 20. Target her. Shoot a chromatic orb, but I think I'll do lightning damage. See what lightning does to her. Ooh. Chromius Orbison. Oh, and I missed. Missed. She dodges out of the way. That's my last spell, Shalot. 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 
just I run in and I miss her with the chromatic orb. Oops. That's what I do. Shucks. Now I definitely know you're from Albion because you're weak, just like your ancestors. Ooh. <laughs> All right, Esmir, the boys have entered the room and they're throwing fire and lightning, but Gertrude looks unfazed and she cackles. Oh, it's been a while since I fed on fresh life energy. This will be a feast. I said this will be a feast. Shut up, I'm thinking. <laughs> Idiot. You know what? I'm gonna shoot my magic missiles at second level. So at second level, that's four darts. Yeah. And they're all gonna go straight to Gertrude's unibrow. <laughs> Pew! Three points of damage. Pew! Four points of damage. Pew! Three points of damage. Pew! Four points of damage. Nice. To the night nice hag. Grouping. Yeah. She's a night hag. She's at 14. And she's gone too far. <laughs> and it doesn't matter anyway. And then I'm going to go. Shoop! Sorry, guys, I'm going to have to do the. Uh, <laughs> the dodge and burn. I'll be right behind you. Stupid night hag. And then you all hear Gertrude begin to chant words in infernal. Oh no. Oh boy. Then suddenly you see all around you the piles of corpses begin to stir and move. This is not what I wanted. <laughs> Nobody ordered this. <laughs> Take it back Let, immediately. <laughs> Let me know if there's anything she says in Infernal that might catch my ear because you know I'm fluent. Well, you uh, you know and you can understand that she is casting a spell and she's calling upon the dark necrotic energies from the Nine Hells. And then you all see three ghouls emerge from the corpse piles. Damn it. We're screwed. Oh, of course, they're spread out everywhere. It's time to feast, my pretties. Get them. He got a really strange idea of what pretty is. Pretty uglies. And the ghouls rush in. The first one closes with Cullen. The second one closes with Jake. And the third closes with Elric. Does that give Elric an opportunity attack? It should. In fact, I'm going to target him. Okay. As he comes in. And Glaive of Sharpness. All right. Oh. 22 hits. Nice. Well, these uh, guys were tough before, man. Damage. Seven points. Oh, boy. Aha. But you can sneak up on me. <laughs> Bastardo. And as you hit it with your glaive, it swipes at you with its claws. And it misses with a 10. You dodge out of the way. And Ghoul 2 swipes at Jake. It misses with a 7. Nice. And Ghoul 1 swipes at Cullen. And hits with a 22. Doing 5 points of damage. And you immediately feel its foulness enter your bloodstream. Roll a constitution saving throw. Oh, I got a bad feeling about this, guys. 
Seven. Ah, seven. Mm. Your muscles stiffen up, and you are suddenly paralyzed. Ugh, bastard. Jake, Gertrude has conjured ghouls to aid her, Uh, Cullen has suddenly stopped moving, and the night hag's cackle fills the room. Shut up, you hag! (laughs) So, um, well, how I would love to bless everybody. Instead, I'm going to try to turn the undead, because that's what they are. Okay, go ahead and target them all, and then roll their wisdom saving throws. Okay, and then... Okay, so ghoul one and three failed, but ghoul two saved. Uh, So that's the guy that's in front of me. (laughs) The other two turn. Yep, they recoil from Agma's radiance. And now, with my um, bonus, I'm going to cast my Book of Agma. Oh, Book of Agma, it's been so long. (laughs) Smash the ghoul number two before me. All right. And I nail him. Hit with a 23. Read, you bastard. Read, I say. 1d8 plus 4. Oh, yeah. All right. 12, 12 points. points. Moderate. That's okay. It's maximum damage. That's all I can do. So. It's all I can do. Okay. So then we go to Asilius. What's he going to do? He's going to fly behind Ghoul 3. So he could give Elric advantage. Oh, good. All right. And Cullen, so the ghoul's touch has paralyzed you. Roll another uh, constitution saving throw. That's right. Can Damn. you break free? Mm. Nope. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Another seven. You remain paralyzed. But thankfully, uh, the ghoul that was attacking you has been turned. Yeah. All right. Now we go to Elric. Uh, so you see that Cullen's not moving, and you and Gertrude finds that very amusing. What are you going to do? Okay. Well, Jake is already on ghoul number two. He's in moderate damage. Ghoul three has been turned. Ghoul one has been turned. I've just targeted Gertrude. I'm going to step forward. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, come closer, my boy. Closer. Yeah. Let me, let me get a good look at you. <laughs> so two swings of the glaive blade and one of the butt. So glaive of sharpness. First attack, 21, hits. Ooh, that's sharp. Damage. Uh, Damn. Four points of damage. All right. Well, the next glaive attack. Miss. Miss. All right. Uh, Bonus action. The butt end of it. All right. Hits. 21 hits. Damage. Partially. Four points of damage, but it's partially resisted, so she only takes two damage. Interesting. The blade is magical, but the butt is not. The butt is just an ordinary butt. <laughs> just it's a so. mostly decorative butt. It's a pretty it's butt. Okay, it's an okay butt. And that's. Uh, I'm not going to move anywhere. I'm going to hold my ground right there. All right, Esmir, uh, you have taken cover in the waiting room, and you peer in, and you see Jake fighting a ghoul. Colin's not moving, and Elric is fighting Gertrude. What do you do? So Esmir is going to be like, I am so sick of this. And then she's going to go right up to Gertrude and she's going to shocking grasp her. (laughs) (laughs) 13 plus 7 is 20. And 
Bzzzt. I'm gonna give her All five right. points of damage. And then, <laughs> for my bonus action, I'm gonna use my Misty Step and poof, disappear. And I'm gonna reappear back here in the waiting room. And then, I'm gonna take a number. <laughs> and Gertrude says, Oh, you're a tricksy little gnome. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> Come on, that guy was cool, guys. I didn't anyone get impressed by my disappearing act. That was the first time that I was used really that cool. One. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Poof. Five points to your ass, bitch. <laughs> what kind of moron uses dolls to hurt people and kill little kids? Jesus. I think it's more about being generally evil, not necessarily not smart. Stupid. You and your infernal baloney. And you know, baloney came from hell too, right? <laughs> I thought it was lips and assholes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, ghouls one and three are turned, so they run away from Jake and head uh, behind the desk and Gertrude. And Ghoul 2 is going to continue attacking Jake and swipes at him with its claws. And a duck. A duck. <laughs> and and this is with a 12. Woo <laughs> and then you see Gertrude hold out her palms. Oh, no. And you see the familiar glow of magic missiles. One of them streaks out and slams into Elric for three force damage. Ooh. Another one slams into Cullen for two uh, points of damage. And the third one slams into Jake for two points of damage. Scum. Jake. Yeah? Gertrude's pulled out the magic missiles, your favorite spell. What are you going to do? I pull the thing out of my butt cheek. That's <laughs> <laughs> not how it works. Hey, well, it's a cone of there? invisible force. <laughs> Is that where you keep stuff now? <laughs> I slam it on the ground. I stomp on it. I look at her and say, it's going to be us, bitch. And then... <laughs> And then everyone's called her bitch now. And, but before we do this, um, I pull out my I pull out my little vial of holy water, and I start spraying it around the room. Ah, the blessings of Agama. And I'm going to bless my friend Elric, my tutelage. Yes. Bless Cullen, my tutelage. I'm going to bless Esmia, my friend and cohort. And I'm going to bless myself. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to slam you in the head again with a book, you see. Boink. Ooh. 27. Oh, man. Right. I believe that's a hit. Yeah. That is definitely a hit. It still only does 1d8 plus 4, but it's better than nada. Oh, my goodness. Six points. All right, another six points to Ghoul 2. Yeah. Now we go to Asilius. Is he going to do anything? Um, is the, are the ghouls attached to the thing that's in the ceiling? They are not. Were they? No, but uh, you do see that one of the green tendrils does seem to be touching Gertrude. She's attached to it? It looks like she's connected to the gem through uh, one of those okay. tendrils. Yeah, we need to attack that green gem. Okay, so... Look at look at the smirk on Mark's face. What smirk? I'm reading something. Baloney. 
the know-it-all DM. He's like, mm, we're talking about hitting the gem. He's like, mm. yeah, go for it. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Screw you guys. Now you don't see anything. How's that? That's not nice. <laughs> you can't turn off your camera. You know, who are you going to play with? Who are you going to play with? In this day and age, that's, the, that's a rare insult right there. Man, That's not he's, cool, man. He's taking his chromatic orb and going home. <laughs> and so we leave our heroes contemplating their next move whilst berating the dungeon master, who subsequently turned off his camera. Will he ever turn his camera back on? Uh, now she did. What, Jerry? I'm kind of in the middle of things here. Oh, sorry, man, but you got like a message from one of our patrons, dude. It's like a shout out, man. A shout out? I thought I wasn't supposed to shout anymore. No, man, it's like a, like a shout out. Just read it, man. Oh. <clears throat> Terry Landry is shouting out to whoever needs to hear it. Could you call your mom, please? She'd love to hear from you. How is that? Hold on, dude. I'm like calling my mom. That's such a good idea. Whatever. Will Esme have to wear turtlenecks for the rest of her life? What is worse? Wasting an inspiration point? Or watching one of your friends bleed out? Eh. Can a magic missile get stuck in your butt cheek? I don't think that's how they work. But who knows? Tune in next time to find out on Roll Radio. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roll Radio. All right, so the party finally meets the mysterious night hag Gertrude, and they learned a little bit about her connection to Elric, and they learn some more about the Kurgan also. And that that was a fun encounter. You know, Esmir was really upset that her doll was actually an evil construct. So I wanted to play with that and, you know, toy with her emotions a little bit and see what she would do uh, if the doll asked for help. And it played out perfectly. And the betrayal was even sweeter. And so uh, so they're in for an exciting battle with the Night Hag as we finish up the haunt on Halloween. It's going to be great. And you know what else is great? Roll Radio reaching their first Patreon goal. Thank you very much, patrons, for your support of this show. Thanks to you, we're now able to, you know, pay our hosting and subscription bills, which is awesome. But what's even more awesome is that we can now have our first miniature raffle. That's right. So, you know, the players all design miniatures of their PCs on Hero Forge, and they're really cool. And so uh, every patron gets a certain number of raffle tickets, depending on their membership level. And we'll put all the tickets in a hat, 
and draw the winner on a video call. And then the winner will pick which character mini they want. And we'll put that video on the Patreon page in the next couple of weeks because, you know, I uh, recently revisited Hero Forge because, you know, I knew the mini uh, raffle was going to be happening. And I found that they now offer painted minis and they are super cool. All right. So I'm going to do a little redesigning so we can raffle off a colored miniature. And I'll put some uh, put up some new pics of the minis on our website and on social media. So stay tuned for that and for the battle with Gertrude as we finish up The Haunt by PB Publishing. Check them out on Facebook or on Twitter uh, at PB Publishing One. And the Roll Radio theme was, of course, composed and produced by Andrew Capone. Check out his awesome work at andrewcapone-composer.com. And, of course, all the in-game music and sound effects are from Sirenscape.com, including that uh, creepy lullaby, which was from the sound set that Sirenscape made just for the Haunt module. And, of course, it inspired me to ruin the player's long rest. And we are, of course, playing Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition by Wizards of the Coast. Check them out at dnd.wizards.com. All right, everybody, thanks again for listening. And tune in next time as I turn my camera back on and crush the players with Gertrude the Night Hag. <laughs> <laughs>